Hey guys, it's Dan. I just wanted to let you know that this will be the final episode of Media Nerds that will be uploaded to this particular podcast feed. I'm starting a new podcast. And I need this Anchor account for that. So you can stay subscribed to this feed and you'll start getting episodes of my new podcast. But if you want to listen to Media Nerds, be sure to subscribe to the Star Wars Nerds podcast feed. You can find a link below or just search Star Wars Nerds wherever you get your podcast and you should find us there. Have a happy new year. Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. We're taking a brief break from Star Wars Nerds to talk about the best and worst media of the year. Well, mostly the best. I don't think I'm going to say a lot about any worst things, although you have a list of worst words of the year, Kenton. <laughs> I, I keep track of those every single year because as they pop up online or I hear them on TV and, and they make my skin crawl, so I write them down. And uh, then we purge them. <laughs> Never uh, to talk about them again. Look. But everything else is we we just concentrate on the good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. And, and well, by the way, next week's book of Boba Fett, which uh, ba- so back to Star Wars nerds uh, next week. I'm so pumped for that and excited. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's making it under the wire of 2021. So that could change everything. It could change everything we talk about. I mean, ultimately, with regards to the specifics <laughs> of, we're not actually uh, going to talk about talk about movies as, as far as the movies we saw and what we liked, yeah. but we'll talk more specifically about film closer to Oscar time. We'll probably talk more specifically yeah. about TV and streaming closer to any time and that kind of stuff because Book of Boba Fett may be up for Emmys. Is that, do you think that's why they did that? Is to get it in? Does that count? Maybe. I guess no, the, de- the deadline for Emmys is like in June or something stupid like that. It's not in the, it's not at the end of the year. <laughs> Never mind. Well, they also, they also promised us it would be December. Right. No, and I that's know. the latest it could be. No, they with promised them. it would be 2021 is what they said. That's, oh, that's I think a- it said December though. I think oh, it said okay. coming wow. December, 2021. <laughs> so they, I think it was like that to, to be true to their promise. That's what they right. had to do. And that was the final Wednesday and they're just sticking with right. Wednesday releases. Yeah. Um, oh, that was the other thing we could talk about is, is the Marvel series, right? Cause we did yeah. get, a lot of Marvel series. So let's talk about that as well. Um, but first, I wanted speaking of Marvel, I just wanted to ask you: Have you seen Spider-Man: No Way Home yet? I have not okay. uh, seen, uh, and we're in the middle of uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah, and a friend okay. and a friend of mine texted me and said, uh, "I got my booster shot, so should I sneak into the theater quick to see Spider-Man before it's like all before they close everything again?" And I did not respond, so I don't know whether he went or not, but I I likely would have seen it were it not for the big surge again. Oh, that's true. How about yeah, you? Okay. You've seen it? Of course, yes. We went yeah, and saw yeah, it you... last weekend. I had to get out. Oh, and see good it. for you. Um and, and I know was... I, I know some of the spoilers. I know some well, of them, I'm not so... gonna talk about the specific uh. well, there's one issue I have with it, and that's it's not really the same issue I had with the last time, but um damage control is portrayed. I actually make a made a TikTok about it. Um mm-hmm. I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't like the way they portray damage control in these movies they were in actually the first one wasn't too bad with ty and daly when she showed up in homecoming uh that was fine because they were just there to kind of pick clean up and, and catalog all the stuff from that battle but in this one they're more like damage control is more like the cops and more like law enforcement and government like shield was in the early mcu films so i don't like that but otherwise it was a lot of fun and i will say that it was probably the best theater going experience of the year for me that's why i wanted wow. to mention it because the crowd was into it they were cheering how many they times were, were you how many times did you go to a theater this year? Oh, uh, I would say uh, uh, probably about 10 times, maybe. Oh, that's 
pretty good. Yeah, I I, I got it. I'll have to make a list. That's, I should have done that before we started recording. Anyway, uh, I believe I believe I went to none in the theater. I, <laughs> I think none. I think I'm at the total of none. Yeah, I know. That's why yeah. I asked. I was wondering if, because there's a lot of hype around Spider-Man yep. right now, and you probably were feeling the excitement. I know that if there was anything to get you to the theater, it might have been that. That or a Star, a Star Wars movie would have been for sure. I think you would have gone for sure for a Star Wars uh, movie. Even then, I might have oh, waited. It's okay. just, hey, all the news we're getting is grim. Let's just put it that way. And it started the day Spider-Man came out. And I don't care about any of it. That's why I did that. I'm like, don't, this is going to, like, I know exactly you, what your friend was saying. I knew it was all, all going to yeah. shut down. We're not going to go be able to go to the theater after this. And I got to say, like, the cheers and the, the way the crowd, it was not a full theater by any means. It was not, like, you know, certainly it was, like, a Saturday afternoon or something like that. But it was certainly a, a really rowdy crowd, and they were into it. And uh, my kids thought it was really hilarious, actually. I don't think my kids had ever been to a movie in which people were cheering like that. Wow. They, they have been to Star Wars movies, so... Did everyone have a mask on? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you have like some creepy guy sitting in the seat next to you, crunching with his feet up, crunching his popcorn, or no, did you seats, escape two seats down? A couple seats away? Yes. Did so did you choose your seats based on where all the other people were? Well, I just chose you... I always choose aisle seats. That's my uh okay. that's my go-to. But it's oh that's aisle, what I do like, too. Yeah. But yeah. I and then I, I kind of let the kids sit closest and I I well, I, I would love to be on the aisle seat, but I let the kids have it and I'm so I'm closest to the person. Very good. I see. I'm shielding them with my body, Kenton. That's how it works, right? So you're you are an agent of Shield, and uh, you're damage control. As you, That's right. As you sit oh, there, no, uh, no. And what I said in the TikTok is that I would love for them to do a full-on like adaptation of Damage Control, the series. Like there was a, a few mini-series mm -hmm. comics that were released in the in the early '90s, and uh, it, it would be more of a comedy or a sitcom. And then somebody brought up in the comments of that video that they did try to make one of those, and then it just did not get the pilot, or it did not make it past pilot. Something happened there uh, to uh, to cause that to fail. But I wish they would try it again because I love Damage Control. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing. You know. Um... I've made no secret that um, the Marvel Universe after the Avengers, the last Avengers uh, film has just kind of got the air knocked out of it. It's just not as interesting. So the fact that this movie comes along and everybody loves it, I think is uh, as long as it's not a one off, as long as they can keep this going, wow. then, then um, you know, if they keep that going, like the high quality stuff that's uh, knocking it out of the park, I was very happy to hear it from most all, like almost every reviewer is saying it's it's awesome yeah. whereas i have to say i'm underwhelmed by the last tv series which we'll talk about and um shang chi's fine but not incredible um you know black widow fine not incredible uh and uh, probably a little less than fine Probably, well, I, really I'm not going to say it. bad, but, but it, like, it wasn't great. If yeah. they had released what they should have done, obviously, is release Black Widow when it when it happens or in the in the timeline yeah. after Civil War. Um, but they didn't, and I think that if they had, it probably would have not done as well, and that might have yeah. derailed the whole thing. And they didn't want to derail anything. That's why they were worried about it. Um, but yes, and they did. Of course, you you are talking about Hawkeye, which was the latest series that came out, um, yeah. which just uh, we just got the finale this week. Only six episodes, and yeah, I was kind of under underwhelmed as well. We might as well just get into it like the, it's the pacing was terrible yeah just awful pacing it, it wasn't without its pleasures there's things that were okay in there oh yeah um, oh, can i please give a shout out to alex ponovic who was hilarious as the um head russian guy the head uh mover guy oh, uh, yeah. he's, he's from winnipeg 
and he, uh, he, you know, he's kind of been kind of in doing little bit parts here and there around Hollywood. He was in like the latest Planet of the Apes movie, but he was he was an ape, so, <laughs> so he didn't you didn't get to see his face. Uh, but he was really good in this, and I thought he was, I love those Russians. I love that whole gimmick with the the crooks kind of being funny. That was good. Uh, but yeah, some of it was oh man. Are we? I guess we could talk spoilers here. Most people who are fans would have seen it by now. So yeah, and there's not too much to spoil. Let's be honest. Like well, it's, it's uh, it was a bit of a place holder all things considered and, and mean, a bit of a their attempt at a christmas movie or something like that because it was yeah. very very heavily christmas themed and i don't like that necessarily i don't think this was a christmas story well it's a christmas story fine it's about togetherness it's about family blah 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 but it's like it, it, kind of arbitrary in this case they could have done that at any time and it wouldn't have mattered it didn't have to be christmas i don't think in this well, case it could have worked i i thought the the trailer um, I said, um, I tweeted that the trailer made it look like James Bond with arrows in New York City at Christmas time. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, you, uh, just like the fun you could have because they showed him in the tux and he's shooting, shooting this stuff, showed the most fun you could have with Hawkeye. And then when it, the actual show rolls out, um, uh, I said, it reminded me of Cop and a Half. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, 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 Which, what, I told you, kid. Who's the half? The girl? I guess it's the, the girl. Half. Yeah. Like, like I told you I work alone. All right. Like, yeah. How many episodes of I told you I work alone? Oh, is that, that is a reference and a half, man. That is like Burt Reynolds. Oh. Is that Burt Reynolds? Yes, Burt Reynolds oh and a little God. kid. Oh, so I okay, just as a quick oh. aside. So there's a there a tick one of the things on TikTok are people say, comment an actor, and I'll show you how many movies I have with them in it in their collection. So I commented mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. He hasn't got back to me yet. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Burt Reynolds hasn't answered yet. <laughs> no, no, the guy, I don't think the guy yeah. has any Burt Reynolds movies in his collection. He probably doesn't know who Burt Reynolds is because most of these kids are honestly 13-year-old kids. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but my, <laughs> my, issue, my main issue with uh, with Hawkeye, I I was into it. I was happy. I was It was good. I was recognizing people that I hadn't seen in a while, little actors here and there and stuff like that. I even, didn't even mind the tie-in of the sister of what's-her-face from... No. Um, from, she was good, actually. I she, like her. Yes. You know why? Because she has charisma. She can act. She showed up, and I was like, what? This this We haven't seen this on this show before. Personality. Charisma. She really Someone, did stand out. Yes, it really was a, like... Yes. A person taking an interest in her role, <laughs> unlike the sidekick. And I kept thinking after I, she appeared on the show, I was like, she should have been the sidekick. Right. That's what they yes. should have done. Instead of this other one, make oh. it Clint in this other one. Yes, for yeah. sure. That would, that would have been amazing. Uh, like, why does it have to be another person that shoots arrows? Now we have a clone. Now we have a clone I, of, she's a clone of Black Widow. So she's going to be the Black Widow. Now we have a clone of Hawkeye, someone they can cast in the next 10 Marvel yeah. movies going forward, right? That's what they're doing here. So he can leave because yes. he's clearly sleepwalking through the role well, he of wants, Hawkeye. He's been doing this for a decade, Ken. Yeah. And he wants out. You like Jeremy Renner's like, please, can I go on? I want to win an Oscar, goddammit. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so he's work. getting so he has to train uh the actor who who has less <laughs> acting less. less acting and archery experience. And yes. but but my favorite part of the entire thing is the is the final thing that you see on Hawkeye, which is the musical number from um, Rogers. That's the credit scene from mm-hmm. Rogers, the musical. And by the way, it would be called Cap. The musical would be called Cap. It would not be Rogers, the musical. Oh, my God. That was so bad. That was so bad. Can I say I've, I've been I've only seen one Broadway show. I, <laughs> you know, I went. 
And I gotta say, it's gotta be, it, it was so much better than that. It was so much better than that. It was, it was a down, it was definitely- It was done deliberately meant to be cheesy, yes. right? That was it. But yes. the problem with that final thing is that you make you sit through, yeah. and I have the same beef yeah. about, by the way, I'll just tell this to you this round, don't bother sitting through the credits of No Way Home if you go, because you're just gonna get the trailer for the Doctor Strange movie. That's all they fucking did. It's put the trailer, <laughs> I'm so mad about it. I'm like, are you oh. kidding me? Like my kids are like, we gotta wait, we gotta wait. We're like, okay, let's wait. And it was through that long part. It wasn't like the one they showed between like the oh. types of credits it was like the wait all the way to the end and there's just a trailer for the doctor strange movie which is now available online by the way so yeah, just, well, I, I, just I saw it today minutes. yeah i saw it today <laughs> and i was like i didn't know this thing was i thought this was part of the spider-man movie i don't know yes. what's going on right exactly right <laughs> yeah um but anyway oh. so then the other thing is that my issue with this is that uh the deus ex kingpin or whatever you want to call oh, it yes. like the, that whole ah come on what was the point of that it goes nowhere and they introduce Kingpin in the second last episode, and I'm ex- and everybody loves Vincent D'Onofrio. Sure. All right, so good, yay! We got us. We have some more charisma in theory. On paper, we have some charisma. He shows up. He has nothing to do. They have him seated at a desk with a laptop on it, which doesn't make what the Kingpin is like tweeting people or something. Like it well, he's doesn't got a make day any. Job, Kenton. Yeah, you know he's he got a day job. Yeah, he's sitting at a work desk. Like what? Like and. The callbacks, the way he's dressed, he's supposed to be Marlon Brando. Just put him in the Godfather, put him on the other side of the Godfather desk, put shine a light on him, get some shadow on him, and then you got Marlon Brando. But then he he's he's indestructible until he's destructible. And and uh, it's, it's why why do we need him? Why do we introduce him in the second last at the very end of the second last episode? Only to have him in an already crowded final and then they act. kill him and then they kill him again yeah. or, or we, well, presume sort of. they, we presume yeah. they kill him like Probably it's off not. screen right because they have to it has yeah. to be safe for the kids um but yeah what was the point and uh, again i'm gonna do one more spoiler for spider-man so i apologize one spoiler for spider-man so if you really don't want to fast forward it's but fine it's, it's fine you, you know what i'm sure charlie cox is in the first few minutes of the movie like daredevil right. is in there so obviously they're introducing him for future some things and right. in the same week uh the villain from that series shows up and is killed off so was that like just saying by the way is it just for all the tweeters that saying he's not going to be in anything else stop saying that is that what it's for is just tell people like vincent d'onofrio is done with the, we're done with the kingpin for now i don't think he is done i don't think he is in fact in okay. fact i think it's a bait and switch oh, okay well. because then he'll show up in the daredevil movie with a bullet through his head or something and be like i'm uh i'm indestructible the problem is there's no continuity here between the two like this is just a limited series so we're not going to get another season of hawkeye it was just the six episodes and that's it and this is by the way the villain from the daredevil series from netflix which ended years ago and i can't even remember how it ended like what was the kingpin doing at the end of that series i don't remember all (laughs) i remember is it took the whole first season to see daredevil in the costume right yeah and i was like you have got to be kidding me (laughs) it was before they knew how to do a series it really was yeah Yeah. i was thinking about that too it's interesting that they went like they did those series before disney plus or anything existed right and that was kind yeah. of their like we got to get we got to keep this going and and there's all this debate online i don't know if you've seen this as to whether or not those series are actually canon and part of the mcu which is why i guess they included charlie cox in in but i think is i don't even I, i'm not even 100 that the spider-man movies are mcu like that's the spite i think of that as the spider-verse honestly it's it's the the um three spider-man movies have certain characters from the mcu in it but not all of them 
right? There's no, we didn't actually get Captain America in the Spider-Man movies. So we have this music, oh no, sorry, the music, I'm getting all confused now. The musical version was uh, in the Hawkeye thing. Anyway, never mind. But it's no, the, that, but the, the musical is also, I saw this online too, though I haven't seen the movie. I take it the musicals referenced in Spider-Man, the, uh, the most recent Spider-Man. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I missed it then. I didn't know that. No, no, no. It, no, it's the. It is there is a reference to it in Spider-Man, from what I understand, from what I've read online, okay. and I've seen it multiple. Well, I times, saw both so things in the be. same weeks, so and I'm I'm blurring them together. And to me, but I that's what the, Marvel wants you to yes, do. It wants you to blur them together. It, it wants you oh. to think of them no differently. Oh, I'm starting to think of them all differently, and that's not in a good way. It's starting no. to become a chore. I got to say, it's starting to become a chore to yeah. see these movies. I did not see Eternals in the theater. I don't care to no, see Eternals. No, me neither. I'll um, never see it. I don't I don't even know what's coming out next, and this is this is starting to get old, Kenton. I think they should just wrap it up, you know? Like, well, there's there's no rule that says you have to keep going forever with this. Do you have to run into the ground, you know? Well, you can, I mean, here's the thing. If you pause it for two years and you come back with the next run of movies in the next chapter and you've thought it through it's going to be it could be really good but if you're just going to string people along and keep it going with threadbare plot lines and barely like there's a whole um weird subplot in um hawkeye involving him wearing a hearing aid American Sign Language. Was that established before that he was deaf or had a hard of hearing or whatever? I don't remember anything about that. I wish somebody could tell me because I don't remember any of that either. And it was almost like, is this film being bankrolled by the the ASL Association of America? Like, how did this, when did this become a plot point? And I, you know, I'm not, it just happened a thousand times in the show, which made me, like you know like there's uh, you know it's great to show people of all abilities of course but it calls attention to itself and i thought they were setting us up for some big thing to happen in which the ability to hear would in fact be be crippling and uh the ability to not hear would save you right i thought i thought that has to be where this is going I, otherwise, why do we need to establish who can hear and who can't hear? Well, because the other character can't hear the the right. villainess there. The, what's her name? Um, I, I don't. But again, that's not that important. Like, it's fine if she can't hear. Who well, cares? I, she talks I thought it was gonna be important. Yeah, exactly. It was. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> yeah. placed false importance on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. We gotta move yeah. on. We're talking. We're spending too much time on. on clearly, neither of us liked it. Uh, but it was. No, uh, Hawkeye I, was not good. It no, wasn't. And good. honestly, was, uh, of the Marvel, and I think that didn't WandaVision come out technically last year. So WandaVision wasn't. No, no, it was January. Was it, it was January? January. Case? Yeah, yeah. WandaVision is the best, in my opinion, of yeah. those series. It is uh, hands down, and I hope that they go back to that because what they did was different in wandavision that's why it works and then the problem is it gets bad at the end because they went back to what they did at the end with all the cgi stuff but it really the best part of wandavision is the stuff that was all kind of all weird yeah. and different and that was what they should do more of any doctor strange movie should be strange you know yeah. <laughs> all right let's talk about other series what was your favorite overall series of the year well i've i've got uh, this was one of the hardest years because there was so much great tv um, but I said number one for me was on HBO. It was the White Lotus. Oh, number one. Okay, yeah, uh, I just I just thought that they took something that looked like it was going to be a summer filler during COVID, and it ended up being a real talker. And um, everyone I know who's watched it is just like, "Holy crap! Did you see the White Lotus?" Because <laughs> you you really it's like original characters. It's like a masterclass and rolling out 
a brand new series. So I got to give it to the White Lotus at number one. How about you? Uh, my favorite series of the year was Midnight Mass. Uh, I absolutely Ooh. loved it. Have you seen this one? It's the, I know about it, but I have not seen it on Netflix. And it's a, it's, it's another limited series, so we don't think you're gonna. I don't think there's gonna be a. You don't know what's gonna happen, I guess. But it was like a, I think it's eight episodes, and it's just such a well-told story. Amazing character development, incredible performances, and just so interesting. I could not stop watching it. It was just so, it just kind of engrossed me. Um, so that was definitely my favorite. But another big uh, game, uh, TV show or TV show streaming show uh, on Netflix that uh, took the world by storm and that you identified that you wanted to talk about was Squid Game. Uh, was, yeah. What was it that you wanted to say about Squid Game? Um, and uh, what did you think of it? That is my second favorite show of the okay. year is Squid Game. And the fact that once again, we have um, a brand new TV series streaming on Netflix, not from North America, that captures um, the public's imagination. It's dark, but it's comical, but it's, uh, it's bloody. And um, the degree to which people just watched it and binged it and couldn't wait to talk about it um and and the fact you can buy the track suits that they wear in the show and uh, just like the impact it had on at another time when people when we're still locked down i just think it was it just showed how something can just come out of the blue and just uh capture the imagination of people really fast yeah, so, and I yeah. Uh, I didn't watch it. I was not part of that because I kind of I think it came out in October, and I was in the middle of my horror movie watch, so right. I waited until after that. But then I did watch it immediately after that, and yeah. it is uh, really good. And not only that, um, you can buy. I was we were at the mall the other day, and they have the um, uh, cookies the with the umbrella oh. shapes and everything. Yeah. They have all these, yeah, all the tracks, all these little gimmicky things you can buy uh, from the show. So the, yeah, it really did kind of penetrate the culture. Um, and every, yeah. my kids, my kids were talking about it. My kids are into it. Like everyone's kind of all yeah. these YouTube videos, these YouTubers that my kids watch are all talking about Squid Game. They're doing the games in real life. They're trying. I saw this one video where they, they test out the tug of war strategy uh, to see if it would work. And this guy like and it didn't work. <laughs> this guy did it and he didn't work. So I don't know uh, if that would really work or not. But that's the kind of stuff that people did uh, in response to this show. And the, the actors on the show made the rounds in North American media. And you just never, like pre-streaming services, this just wouldn't happen. Yeah. That you would see something. Uh, and I guess the fact that on talk shows now, everybody can just zoom right in and uh, gives another sense of immediacy to uh, so to is that, that what they sort did? of... So they had, the, yeah. they had the guests on Zoom, even though like was it on Colbert and stuff? And, and yeah. Uh, I think they were all on Zoom. I, I'm okay, pretty sure they were, but it, and it was fun to kind of see. And I also, um, if you if you look on YouTube, they there was like they did there was no TV show that was too small for them to do. They just like did the promotional <laughs> round. Damn it, and, we should have reached out. But they even had some of the actors like there's a one uh, there's we should have there's one that had the actors actually trying to carve out the umbrellas and stuff out of the cookies and okay. everything and like redoing it. <laughs> and of course, the actors are all good sports. And they're all, they all can't just believe that they've been in this show that they thought was going to be like, you know, the people in Korea would watch it right. and it's become a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's just sort of fun to see something like that um, kind of grab the world's attention for a little bit. So I, 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 you know, it probably would have been number one on my list, but white Lotus just 
for uh, just for sheer quality, I have to give it the edge. Yeah, and I agree. And that's the kind of thing about Squid Game is that it is it is good quality. I mean, it's a, a really good quality show, well put oh, together, yeah. well paced, well written. Uh, the acting is excellent. I got to say, like the character arc for the main character, and I, I'm not going to even attempt the pronunciation because I would murder it. But um, the first episode, you hate him. You hate him. Like I yeah. just, I'm like, oh, this guy's just a jerk. I don't like this guy at yeah. all. I hope that I don't have to care about what he does through this show. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, he's so, thank yeah. God, he's so, uh, like, you just love it. And that's what I love yeah. about the show is that the way they kind of make you fall in love with these characters and they change how you feel about the characters. The only part about it I didn't like was the portrayal of the rich, quote unquote, rich people yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People in the matter that was like cartoon. And maybe that was deliberate that they made yeah. him like that. But I just it was so bad. It was just yeah, yeah. That it, it lost a little steam, uh, and I, I agree with you on that too. Um, there was a couple things that weren't quite as good as the rest in there, but uh, once again, like the fact that most people binge that thing in a couple nights, including me, um, tells you like it, it was compelling enough that you wanted to see like. Well, that, I think that has it, to yeah. do with the uh, the cliffhanger. There was really good cliffhanger endings. Like you yeah. just oh, want yeah. to keep watching. So that's a show that's designed to be binged for sure. My favorite album of the year was actually by an 80s band. And uh, this doesn't happen very much. And not just that, an 80s band that didn't have, that only had one minor hit ever in North America. That band is the Blow Monkeys. Their only hit they ever had in North America was uh, called Digging Your Scene. And it was like a classic kind of uh, Spando Ballet <laughs> style, style tune. Um, so the Blow Monkeys, uh, uh, just out of the blue last year, released an album called Journey to You. And to my astonishment, it just easily became my favorite album of the year. It's just, it's it sounds like uh, a little bit of R&B, a little bit of soul, a little new wave thrown in there. And I, could I can listen to it 10,000 times and I just love it. Um, so that to me, uh, my favorite album of the year is, uh, is a, a band from the 80s, believe it or not. Once again, it's the Blow Monkeys Journey to You. And I'm going to also give a shout out to a Canadian band. The only concert that I could see this year because of all the lockdowns was uh, the, uh, the, uh, called The Weather Station is the name of the artist. Mm -hmm. um, the album is called Ignorance, which is my number two favorite album. And my favorite song of the year is from that album called Tried to Tell You, which is also kind of a new wavy and yet quite subtle, um, quite subtle single from the album. But I noticed that she's coming up on lots and lots of best of lists. She's, prob she's probably the highest ranked Canadian artist on um, uh, like a across the board if you were to, to add up all the lists of the best of uh, 2021 so the weather station is the second one that i will give a shout out to and that's um we can move on from music <laughs> uh what about podcasts okay podcasts what i tend to do at the end of every year is i try to find an, a new one that i enjoyed listening to over the previous year and that for me was talking sopranos the podcast about the sopranos going through every single episode of the show with Michael Imperioli and Stephen Sharipa. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and the two of them, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. They went through, they just did the last episode, like last week. And um, it ends the way you would expect it to end if you know the Sopranos TV mm -hmm. show. Um, but, and they're actually coming to Club Regent next March. And I have a ticket to go, assuming it they still do it. 
Um, and I just enjoyed uh, revisiting all the Sopranos episodes and they had guests on the show. David Chase, the creator of the show they had on there. Um, uh, Robert Patrick, who was in the Sopranos in a brief but memorable role. Uh, it, it was just good stuff. Great podcast. I looked, it was every Monday and I look forward to it every Monday. So that's my pick. How about you? That's good. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, that, that category of podcasts have certainly grown as far as like, like stars of TV shows during podcasts. Um, like the Office Ladies is another one like that where those two... Yeah actors like talk about the office and they have they have access right they have access to all the mm-hmm. all the people so they can really great put together good content um for me i i really enjoyed a series called the flamethrowers from cbc and this is about uh, american talk radio and, and specifically it's about Ooh. right-wing talk radio so like rush limbaugh and stuff like that and it really tells the story about how this um how this kind of came into popularity, the style of radio came into popularity, the regulations that, that kind of came up and, and I'm a big radio nerd, you know that. So I'd like to, to learn about the stuff and, and just uh, like how much it has affected American politics and the influence that it has had on American politics uh, in the last 10 years, especially is just really staggering. Um, so that's a really great series from CBC. The Flamethrowers is what it's called. <clears throat> Excellent. Rush Limbaugh, by the way, it, it's incredible the kind of accolades that guy received while um, while Bush was in office and while Trump was in office, I guess. But um, anyway. And then he died. And then he died. Yes. <laughs> was he one of the ones that died this year? Uh, Limbaugh, I don't think it list? was this year. I think it was last year. Right. I've got the longest death list of all time. So well, he might be let's in there. Let's get somewhere. into it. What else? Oh, what you, want, you, you want me to do the We're people who died? We're just doing a natural conversation here. Yeah, let's get into the dead people. There's literally so many here. <laughs> so maybe what I'll do, like you, like, oh my God. Um, so, um, so I'll, I'll just do some of the big names here. Tanya Roberts, Tommy Lasorda, Michael Apted, the director, um, Jessica Campbell, the uh, actress from Election, Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy, um, Sylvain, Sil Sylvain from the New York Dolls, Phil Spector, Hank Aaron, Gregory Sierra from Barney Miller, Larry King. Oh my God, look, at I, I can't leave anybody out. Jimmy Rogers, Cloris Leachman, Cicely Tyson. Um, Hilton Valentine from The Animals, uh, Dustin Diamond, Screech himself, uh, Hal Holbrook, Christopher Plummer, Leon Spinks, uh, Mary Wilson from The Supremes, Larry Flint, Chick Corea, um, Rush Limbaugh, there he is in the list, um, Ferlin Getty, Walter Gretzky, Roger Mudd, oh my God, Yafet Kato, uh, George Siegel, Jessica Walter, uh, Beverly Cleary, uh, Prince Philip, DMX, Bernie Madoff, Paul Humphrey, uh, who was also known as Blue Peter from the band Blue Peter in Canada, Walter Mondale, Jim Steinman, the frontman of the Bay City Rollers, Les McKeown, uh, Michael Collins from the Apollo Mission, Olympia Dukakis, um, Norman Lloyd, Charles Grodin, Paul Mooney, Gavin McLeod, B.J. Thomas, F. Lee Bailey, Ned Beatty, um, Frank Bonner from WKRP, Donald Rumsfeld, Richard Donner, the director of Superman, um, Charlie Robinson from Night Court, Biz Markey, um, the writer of the Hockey Night in Canada theme, Dolores uh, Clayman, Jackie Mason, uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, Ron Popeil, the infomercial king, J.W. Rinsler, the author of the Star Wars books, Marky Post from Night Court, Tony Esposito, 
Um, Nancy Griffith, Tony Mendez from David Letterman, uh, the cue card boy from David Letterman, Charlie Watts, Lee Scratch Perry, Ed Asner, Kenny Malone, the drummer, Willard Scott, um, uh, 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 Michael K. Mike, no, no, Michael K. Williams, yes, Michael Constantine from my big fat Greek wedding, Norm McDonald. Uh, let's just uh, I'll just jump ahead a little bit here. Uh, Alan Coulter, the announcer from David Letterman, Pat Fish, the lead singer of Jazz Butcher, Everett Morton from the Eng English Beat. Can you believe this? I'm in the home stretch. Colin Powell, Peter Scolari, Mort Saul, Astro from UB40, Andrew Barker from 808 State, Stephen Sondheim, Bob Dole, Mike Nesmith, Steve Bronsky from the Bronsky Beat, and Ann Rice. <laughs> what? Robert Downey that Sr. Was he in there too? Yeah, he died this year too. I just, that was, I was, I had a oh. list and was, I was looking at this list and then one by one, you checked off every single person on that list and he's like the only one left that you didn't have. So I might I have, I mean, he wasn't really a, people didn't know right. who Robert Downey Sr. was. All they knew that there was a Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> well, he was an actor though too, right? He was, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, there was more that I skipped over. I tried, oh, yeah. I skipped over the ones that are a little more, um, you know, a little, a little more niche, but oh my goodness. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Tough year. So there we go. Um, what about the worst words of the year, Kenton? What do you have for us there? Oh, okay. You're going to pick the, your least favorite? Well, yeah. Let's, let's hear them and then we'll... All right. So the worst words of the year. Sorry, just give me a second here. Um, okay, here we go. So these are words and phrases, the worst. Okay. Help me understand. <laughs> I'm not that person. That moment you realize... Let me be clear. Second dose. Booster. That's it. That's the tweet. It's still, it's all, it's in there again this year. Golden hour. Imposter syndrome. Today is a good day. Infill. Foment. Efficacy. No words. It's been a minute. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Privilege. Trauma, pain point, mm. self-care. Pain, <laughs> pain point causes me many pain points in my Pain head. point is terrible. It's a business word and it's just yeah, awful. That's true. We're going to say it's the worst one. Uh, I got, well, that, is there anything else or is that it? That's it. That's my list for this year. The ones that came <laughs> up the most. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, I can't really add to that. It's just like those things that people say um, that just kind of, make you roll your eyes, right? Like, come on. Oh, I remember, help me understand. That's what a boss says. I'm not pointing to any, any boss in particular, you might know, mm -hmm. but help me understand is what a boss says when they think you've screwed something up. Help, <laughs> help me understand why you have blood dripping from your desk. Like, like you can well. help me understand is just like, a, a sort of a yes. passive it's way to get to explain yourself, Sonny. Right. That's right. <laughs> so I hate that one too yeah. quite a bit, but I think maybe pain point might be the yeah, worst pain, one. pain point. I hated that before this yeah. year. I certainly hated that one for yeah. years. All right. So there we good. go. There we go. That was out of the way. What else? Okay. Uh, we, we should talk about like kind of the overall trends of the, the social media trends or, or the overall good, and the bad and the ugly, that kind of stuff. Well, um, how about, how about some um, YouTube channel? Oh, sure. You, I'm sure you have one. Oh, sure. I can think of one. 
you want to go first? You go first. So I'll look up. Okay. Well, I've got a few things here, but I'm going to say, um, I am going to give a nod to, there's a, a, a YouTube channel called Hood Internet, H-O-O-D, Hood Internet. Mm-hmm. And they do remixes of songs for every single year. And so if you, you can look at 1985 and they do like a remix video of, of uh, all the major songs from 1985 and they remix them. They're so clever the way they do it that if they were to actually release an album of all the remixes, I would buy it. <laughs> That's so good. But I'm going to give a shout out to that. I just think that what they do is very, very clever and, uh, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of new stuff in on YouTube this year. I had my like I have my routine with Rhett and Link in the morning, and I watch uh, um, Blame Society films. I always watch every week, and those kind of guys. But um, I would say that this year was the year of Mr. Beast, uh, and that's not Ooh. that's really through my kids that I've been getting the Mr. Beast. Uh, <laughs> so, and I, I know that he came around. He's around before that. I think it was really the pandemic, like the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, that really helped launch Mr. Beast to fame, and maybe before that as well. But that's certainly when I be- first became aware of him. Uh, when my kids started spending more time at home <laughs> and watching this stuff all the time. And so Mr. Beast, now he's at the point where he just like does these big kind of crazy, it's getting a bit repetitive, uh, to be honest, because he does like this. The last one we watched was um, YouTuber $1 million hide and seek. And basically he rents an entire stadium. And then these YouTubers, all these really, really famous YouTubers that all have their own, like this is like the, like it's a, uh, dream come true for some someone some media person that wants all these influencers in the same room because they're all together they all have their own like separate audience and they're all coming together for this big thing and winning a million dollars but it's just hide and seek it's just hide and seek there's nothing else to it it's not like a fan like there's nothing complicated so the guys they all the hiders have their own cameras and they're like walking around with their with their um gopros one of them was hilarious because he's walking around with his gopro and he's like talking to the camera and making like vlogging and as he's hiding and he gets caught because he's taking too long <laughs> to the camera so like it's funny but it's just getting a bit much but that certainly did dominate my youtube viewing this oh. year but otherwise it's been pretty much the same stuff i've always been watching toy galaxy is still putting out great stuff so you should watch toy galaxy toy, toy galaxy yeah yeah i've su- i subscribed to them after a lot uh you recommended the last year i think so absolutely um, but this it's really because of tiktok that i've not been watching as much youtube because my uh tiktok has kind of dominated my world uh for the last few months i have to say uh it really has become uh the thing i'm checking most the thing i'm the app i'm yeah. on the most on my phone and uh it's just like it, and i this is definitely 2021 was definitely the year for tiktok because i think that a lot of people got on this app um after a shitty christmas last year and uh and it helped get them through this year and now we're at a much better christmas but um i don't know i love it i've, I've been having a great time with tiktok how about you oh yeah i mean if we're talking about our favorite um social media of the year, I'd probably say TikTok too, because you and I did something around the beginning, not really the beginning, a little after the beginning of uh, this year, which is we kind of challenged ourselves to post a video most days. And we did, we pretty much did it. We pretty much did it. Now you have by far a more loyal uh, viewership than me, although we both had two videos go go uh, ballistic on there. I've had more than that go viral now. Oh, have you? Yeah. See, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You've you've <laughs> tapped into as I say, like if I open a dumpster and say I'm going to eat whatever's in this dumpster, I think I'm going to I would have a very big. I no, no, it's not what you do, but it, sometimes it is in, in the sense that you pull a DVD out and it's a piece of crap 
And you're yes. like, now I'm going to watch this piece of crap. Yes, so, that's so, right. my, so my version of that would be I'm opening a dumpster and I'm going to eat what I find in it. And I think I, it would I, be but I have to tell you, there's, it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that, actually, because I am now looking at my now I'm at um, 7,500 followers. At this Amazing. Point. Uh, which is by far the most uh, followers I've ever had on any social media platform. You're knocking it out of the park. Well, I'm not, but I'm not like, but here's the thing about TikTok and I'm going to, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm starting a new podcast called my TikTok friends, um, ah. in which I'm going to interview a lot of the people that I'm interacting with and talking to, because I just think they're interesting people. And I think they have more story to tell than they can tell in a, a one minute video on TikTok. Right. So I just, I'm just going to start doing that in the new year. Um, and I just am fascinated by this app, the way it works, the way the algorithm works. Um, it punishes you for being sketchy. So like the whole follow, follow, <laughs> no, it does. It's the whole follow, follow back thing. was something I used to do on Twitter every once in a while when I wanted to kind of boost like my following and get more people to be aware of the podcast. I would say, okay, I'll just go follow some people who seem to like Star Wars and then maybe they'll follow me back. If anything, even if they don't follow me back, they'll become aware of the podcast and maybe click through. That's all I'm trying to do there. I'm not trying to like, you know, spam them with with uh um you know garbage or whatever um but if you do that on this app it will punish you it will, it will shadow ban you and i have been shadow banned What's uh, shadow ban shadow banning is when your views your views go way down your the algorithm drops you out because you're acting like a bot and that's what happened oh. to me i started following a bunch of people in the hopes that they would see like same thing they would see what i was doing like what i was doing and follow me back that's it that's all i was caring about but because i was following a lot of people at once the app thought i was a bot this is true. And this is, and I looked it up and it's, it's legit. And so I think it's legit. Someone's going to correct me. Chris is going to correct me. He always does, but um, I think it is true. And so basically for a good couple of days, I had my views are way down my like, you know, huh. and I, I didn't really care. Like I'm not trying to invest too much in that kind of stuff huh. um, because I think a lot of people do. And that's part of what I'm curious about is the people on this app seem really focused on like trying to get their views up. They're all very, not all of them, but a lot of them are very like, Oh, please let this not flop. Uh, let's let's see if this oh. like they're expecting yeah. the, thing is, the thing is it's an app where everybody can go viral anybody can everybody has probably had an experience in which yep. they've gone viral right um and so they a lot of people chase that feeling again they love that yeah. feeling and they chase it so they keep posting they keep posting they think you're gonna get it again but it's it is i don't know what the algorithm does there is an element of chance to it there is an element yeah. of right place right time tweeting at the right time or putting it out at the right time but i will say this uh, and I didn't really realize this until TikTok started doing their end of the year stuff. And now they have these things where you can say, what's your, you can ask a question, what's your most viral video in 2021? And I'm like, oh, that means everybody's got a viral video. That's got, that's uh, got to be what that means. Right. Like, and so well, maybe, maybe not. Or, or something they consider to be viral. Well, I, what's your most viewed video is right. like another way well, to the, say the that. The phrasing of it got me though, the viral anyway. Yeah. So I, I said, oh, let's see what happens. So I took my first viral video, which is me picking Mrs. Brown's boys out of the out of the DVD bin. 500,000 views at this point. Um, and I posted it again yesterday and it's already up to 40,000. Yeah, there you go. There's something so, about you did something there, but it's but it's because the exact same thing is happening. I'm getting a ton of comments saying it's awesome, it's shite, it's awesome, it's shite, it's happening again. It's this specific thing. It's a disagreement show, right? Yeah, I think if you could find another show that is this polarizing and posted it, it would happen again. It would be the same kind of thing. So, well, famously, Napoleon Dynamite is that thing. Is it? That yes, apparently, uh, apparently Netflix. They once Netflix. I don't know what the outcome was. They once did a competition to solve the Napoleon Dynamite problem. They called it, 
which is the recommendation engine has trouble with that film because so many different kinds of people like and hate it. And, 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 and many of them are from the same demo, the ones who like and, and hate it. So, so that might be, maybe you should do that one and just see. I will, maybe. Well, I, they, I would have to pick Napoleon. Well, what I could do is just put it out there and say, what do you think of Napoleon Dynamite and see what people say. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's certainly not, what, like I can see it not being what you would expect. It's a film that really looks different than what right. it kind of appears to be, I guess you could right. say. Uh, so there's that. That's interesting. I didn't know that about Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, uh, okay, so well, that, that might be worth exploring just to see. Cool. But you yeah, know, I'm... You know, I'm like you. I don't care what happens on there. It's just fun doing it every day. You learn something new every day. You learn about shooting on your shitty phone, whatever kind of phone you have, whatever kind of lighting you use. You learn all of that stuff that you wouldn't otherwise be learning. So, uh, and I also think that the key to doing it is to just not even worry about editing it, not even worry about like if something screws up, so be it. Just post it, post it, exactly. move on. Okay. Like, I don't think, I think it, I think it rewards spur of the moment. It does. More, more than it does, that, like, that's, well, fancy, yes, glossy, it, yeah. Well, the thing is, nobody cares. Nobody seems to care. And I've, I've struggled with the captions, because the captions, and you've seen it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the auto captions suck, and they always mess up words. Like, it's, it's good for normal words, but when it's, when I say Boba Fett, it says bubble fat. Yeah, um, yeah. So that kind of stuff, right? And so um i've struggled it was to it like i started putting on caption because i saw other people doing it and i'm like mm -hmm. do i really need to put captions on do i need to have that like i'm just kind of struggling with those kind of little details should i do that or should i not but yeah you're right generally speaking it's like go with what you want to do go with your yeah. gut kind of have fun have fun most importantly that's above all else right if you're not having fun there's no point um and i'll tell you this is my news i have a new tiktok plan now that i have like an audience <laughs> on tiktok yeah uh my plan is to do three videos a day Oh my um, God. Uh, three videos a day. And I've got, I can tell you this, I've gotten my movie video down. Like the one minute movie videos that I do that I've been doing, yeah. I did it. I did 31 of them in October and I'm going to do, I'm going to do another 31 because I'm going to do six um, New Year's movies. Um, I've really gotten that down. I can, I can do the one of those in half an hour. Oh so, my God. That's um, a, but still half an hour is a long time commitment. No, every I'm day in the morning, no? I get up in the morning and have my coffee. I'm going to watch Rent and Link and then I'm going to make a TikTok. <laughs> then I'm going to go to work. And then at lunchtime, I'm going to make a TikTok. And then I'm going to, wow. make I'm going to try and do that anyway. The, the, like a lot of them are going to be um, like just quick ones and that kind of stuff. It's not all going to be super like intricate, whatever. And I, I am going to try some of that. Like one thing that this, that TikTok did do for me is that it forced me to really learn Adobe Premiere Pro. I didn't uh, learn it in Krecom. I was in the final cut years. Like I, right. I learned final cut. And then of course, like the next year, everybody drops final cuts. So that didn't do me much good. Um, but Premiere Pro has always been something that we've had. And of course we've been teaching in our program, but I haven't touched it the entire time and so this right. time because i had to learn how to edit for a phone to learn the vertical editing yeah um i had to figure that out and i did and it was really cool and i'm like oh now i know how to do this and it's actually kind of easy so that's what i i'm easier than about. ever yes that's, that's what it's, it's forcing me to learn new things yeah. and i really like that uh, excellent what else anything else should we I feel like we yeah there's more um yeah. i was gonna say I, I don't know if you have a book recommendation for this year no but i am going to start reading more this year so i will have some next year okay well i'm just gonna i'm gonna give a shout out to my favorite book of the year and that's uh bruce springsteen's guitarist little steven miami oh, miami no. steve van zandt he's uh his book is called unrequited infatuations which is a great title mm -hmm. but what's great about his book is he's the guy who stands next to bruce springsteen 
And in the book, he wonders aloud, how come when I'm with Bruce Springsteen, we can play millions of people and hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people on every tour, but that when little Steven tours on his own, he can't even get 1% of that audience to show up to come see him. Like, he's like, what's going on? It's like, he's like having the discussion we just had about TikTok. Like, what's going on? Why do, how come, how come I can't get people? 1% of the crowd who comes to see me or comes to see Bruce Springsteen, why won't even 1% come and check me out when I tour alone? And he's got, um, he also, uh, gives lots of like little warts and all kind of looks at um, musicians he likes or he doesn't like and his experience with them. It's a, it's a, it's just a really good Frank book about uh, being in the music business. And um, you know, when he's with Bruce Springsteen, he's knocking it out of the park uh, with millions of people. And then he seems like he, he deep down inside, he feels as though he's struggling as a solo artist. So it's a really interesting dichotomy he's got going so once again it's a uh, little steven uh is the guitarist and the book is called unrequited infatuations yeah that's an interesting thought i mean it's it's would you would go see him if he came here right wouldn't you i had tickets to see him but then it got canceled it was right. one of the first things that got canceled but yeah but that yeah. would be like that's an interesting where was he playing uh the burton cummings theater hey that's fair i feel like he would sell that out you, you would imagine, you would imagine that you would, although it was canceled. I can't remember it was canceled because of COVID. I actually think some, he got sick or something. And then, then the last few d- tour dates got canceled. Does he talk specific our, numbers or no? He just has kind of says that in general, he doesn't get a lot of people at his shows. No. And he even says like um, more people come to see him in Norway because they watch the show Lilyhammer on Netflix. <laughs> he's like, that's who comes to see him. And he's like, it's more of a curiosity. <laughs> like they'll come to see him because they watch Lily Hammer, but they don't know, they don't know. And he says it's freeing because nobody knows any hit songs that I've ever written, except they know Sun City. But he said Sun City never got played on the radio. People know it because of the video. Yeah. I ain't going to play Sun City. That's probably the one thing he's known most for. But he says, so because people show up to see him, he can play any song he wants. They don't know if he wrote it or didn't write it, or he could do covers. He could do whatever he wants. And he's like, the thing that everybody's like blown away with is the size of the band that he takes on tour because there's horns and there's oh, like wow. a big band. But he said, we're probably like the biggest band with the narrowest profit margin that, wow. that goes on tour. Yeah, I would I certainly would go see that show. That sounds amazing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. I, I love know, his I music too. Yeah, I own I his solo albums. Yeah, you're right. He, he feels yeah. like he's struggling. But uh, that I think that is a bit of an issue with a lot of people. You think you talk about, I think I saw... I'm trying to think of it. The guitarist for Aerosmith. I'm I'm blanking on his name. Oh, um, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Steven Tyler and Joe. Joe Perry. Joe Perry. The Joe Perry experience. Oh, yes, God. the Joe Perry experience uh, opened up for something, some concert I saw. And but honestly, it's, it's you know, and yeah, they're playing their original songs that they wrote, and then at the end, he played a couple of Aerosmith tunes, and people right. love the Aerosmith tunes. And I'm sure it's the same thing with yeah. with this with Little Steven. Like he'll play at the end a couple of, of Springsteen hits, and people love that. But he's singing it, not Springsteen, probably. I would imagine. Well, right? I don't know that he. I know. I know that he. I think he only plays a Bruce Springsteen song when Bruce actually shows up oh, and okay. surprises people. Okay. Yeah. And he does the same. Like uh, Peter Wolf showed up on some of his tours, and play, that's why and he sang. doesn't get the crowd there. They want to see. Bruce. Oh, okay, I get it. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They well, just want to see. Although Bruce will show up at some of his shows. Yeah, and, so that's and, that's what know? people are hoping. They're just they're that's right. why they're just hoping they see Bruce. They, they hope they see Bruce, maybe. Yeah. And they're disappointed but it, when they don't. 
Yeah, but anyway, I mean that's only a, bit, a small bit of the book where he writes about that. But it's a, it's 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 a it's a it's a delightful read. It really is. Cool, very cool. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I don't have anything else as far as uh, the best and worst of the year. I mean, it now, was a year. It certainly was a year, Kenton. We are I, gonna do we're gonna do the full film discussion uh, around the Oscar yes. time. But um, why don't we say is there one film that um, captured your attention more than others this year? Well, I would say the one film that I, I enjoyed the most was the film going experience was the Spider-Man experience. That was the best one as far as just going to the movies. That was awesome. And I can't wait for that to happen again. Uh, but the movie I really enjoyed was um, Last Night in Soho, uh, the, the new um, Edgar Wright film, uh, which came out in, it's kind of a horror movie. It is a horror movie. It's categorized as a horror film, although there's not a lot of horror elements. It's kind of more of a suspense-y kind of film, but it's beautifully shot and so cool and got a great soundtrack and just great acting throughout. So awesome. that was a really good movie. Last Night in Soho. I think it's available on streaming now if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's really awesome. I, and I'm going to say, you you recommended a movie to me earlier this year and I finally saw it and I found it an absolute delight and that's Free Guy with uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and there's delight. Okay. Delightful. <laughs> I thought it was a, a, a very, uh, it has a positive vibe. It does, yes. You're uh, right. It's funny. It's uh, got a Star Wars scene at the end, which I was not, I did not see coming. And it actually gave me goosebumps when I oh, saw really? it. I was, okay. I, yeah, I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I think they called and, too much uh, attention to that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I, no, I was like, no, I was all in. Okay. I was like, this is, I was like, nah, they had me at that point. Okay. I just, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. And it looked like something that was going to be Groundhog Day, and um, it was not. I, I it, it's it had its own vibe and its own sense of humor, and I I was along for the ride. I really I really got a kick out of that film, and I think it would be a shame if people didn't see it because they thought it's it's going to be like Groundhog Day. I just think it's a I, I just think it's a, just a fun positive. It's a fun positive film to watch around the end of the year when you're feeling glum about the Omicron there you go. lockdown. There you go. That's, good. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And honestly, I've watched it again since. Like, I've seen it more than once now, and it's, it's just as good the second time. Like, it gets, there's stuff you don't notice. There's a lot of yeah. stuff in there, a lot of little funny jokes. So, yeah, there, there's that. But, yeah, I did I did roll my eyes at that Star Wars moment. I did. I was like, you know oh, what? They, they, they did the one thing before that, and then they do this thing. And I'm like, ah, come on, guys. Like, there was the, the other one was better. I thought the Marvel thing was better. I'll say that. <laughs> I loved it. And right. how about how about documentary? Last one. I did not see any documentaries. Or did you see? Think I think you did. Oh, what did I see? Did you see Val on uh, Val. Yes, Amazon Prime? Val. Okay, there I, go. I, I can't, best I saw documentary a, of the year. Best documentary I, I saw. This I year. saw like a hundred documentaries, and I love that one the most, probably. Okay. So if you said that's the one that you saw. I just want to give a shout out to that Val Kilmer's documentary on Amazon Prime. Val, and, and awesome I'll say this: movie. I also watched recently Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, recently, oh, uh, and he's really good in that. I forgot how oh. good he is in that film. Like, he's, if you just want to see a yeah. great Val Kilmer performance, watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's kind of a Christmas movie. It's the, it's set at Christmas time. Yeah, you could make that excuse. All right, I think that's gonna do it. It's been a really interesting year, Kenton. What a year. What a year it's been. But are we meeting next week to talk about Book of Boba Fett? We will, yes. Let's watch Book okay. of Boba Fett, and then we will have our Star Wars nerds. We will basically so I, be going week by week. We'll be doing episode breakdowns of Book of Boba Fett. I think that's what we're going to do, right? We will save our Happy New Year for then. Oh, sure. Yes, absolutely. We won't say it now. Yeah. Merry Christmas, though, Kenton. Yes, and a Merry Christmas to you, too. And, and to all our listeners. Uh, and to all, everybody who listened to us uh, trying to remember things okay. for, over the course of the last year. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Meat Eaters. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenta Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs>